We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks for Sports Illustrated on Fan Nation. And in today's episode, we have some recruiting updates to get into, as well as some other Oregon news that has uh, transpired since we last spoke on the podcast. I am joined by the man himself, Dylan Rubenking, uh, a reporter for us at Ducks Digest. He's rocking the Packers drip if you are watching this on YouTube. How are we doing, Rube? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. My Packers are number one seed in the NFC, so I had to I had to drip it out a little bit. Got a fresh jacket, Jordy Nelson jersey, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I just had to rub it in a little bit. There you go. And I know, but before we uh, hit record here, you were talking about some potential speculation that you think uh, Aaron Rodgers might be retiring soon. What what about that? It's not based on any intel, um, but it's it's just this feeling. I don't feel like he's going to pull a Brett Favre and go somewhere else. Having been there through that, I just I don't think he's going to leave. So I feel like he'd retire after this year. Um, if they get smoked in the first round of the playoffs, I feel like maybe he comes back. Um, not that I'm hoping for that, but I feel like if they win a Super Bowl, which is a long shot in my opinion, but if they win the Super Bowl, I think he rides into the sunset. Well, uh, the Packers are going to have to watch out for my Niners, you know? no i'm kidding all right well, well we'll keep tabs on that and see what uh what happens with with rogers but uh let's talk about some ducks all right uh the the main story that we wanted to hop into here um it is transfer portal season and the ducks got some some big news when uh Wash- former washington defensive lineman uh sam taki taimani uh announced that he would be committing to oregon announced his commitment to oregon uh, after spending the past four years at Washington, but due to redshirting and the COVID season, he's technically only a sophomore, so he should have two more years of eligibility in Eugene. But I think this is a, a big addition for, for Oregon because I was tweeting, you can never have too many 300-pounders, and he comes from, from Salt Lake City, which is really becoming increasingly known as, a, I guess, Utah as a state for producing some really good uh, trench talents, 6'2", 330 out of East High School, where the Ducks also found Ben Roberts. I mean, on paper, it certainly looks like a good uh, a good addition and, and a strong pickup for Dan Lanning and company. I don't remember who was saying it on Twitter, but I remember somebody called him something around the lines of, he's a solid slab of beef, um, is, is what <laughs> I saw. Um, I mean, at 330 pounds, that's like, that's kind of Jordan Scott kind of range. Um, yeah, I was watching some film on him. I've watched him 
um, you know, throughout his Oregon or his uh, Washington career against Oregon specifically. Um, and he's he is hard to move. That's for sure. I was just watching the the Oregon game from this past season. And I got to say, he I think he does his best when he's lined up over the center because he he kind of mauled Alex Forsyth a little bit um, in the middle. So um, I really like him as a prospect. I think, you know, he's only going to grow with this coaching staff. And I, I think the reason we'll get into it a little bit, of course, but um, I think the big reason why, you know, this is such an important get for Dan Lanning is because you want to establish kind of your footing in the Pacific Northwest um, and, and getting a guy from, from your rival. I mean, he understands the rivalry already getting a guy right from, from UW. So that's, that's huge. Yeah. We have a uh, Tamani starting 10 games last year for, for the Huskies. And um, we super important obviously to, to get big bodies to uh, fill out the lines of scrimmage in the in the trenches I think that that's a, a clear pattern that we're seeing with all these top teams is they have just dudes on both sides of the ball in the at the line of scrimmage and I think that Oregon's really you know had really good offensive line play uh, of late but we just we haven't seen the production out of the defensive line that you see from these playoff caliber teams um, and with, with Brandon Dorless coming back, Popo Amavai coming back, Ducks lose KT, I think it's definitely good to get a guy like Tamani on board, Taimani on board, um, you know, heading into the, the, the offseason here, right? You know, the, the 2022 class um, was a little bit underwhelming at first uh, during that early signing period with only seven guys signing. But um, Ducks are, are making some moves in the transfer portal, uh, obviously adding Bo Nix. I think that was was pretty big, and then uh, adding Taimani is is pretty solid as well. So I like that, and then just beefing up the the front is is always going to be a positive. So I'm I'm going to be curious to see kind of how the the rest of the the lineup shakes out with guys like Christian Williams coming back. Um, I'm assuming Keonwar Hudson's coming back at this point, but it's kind of weird as we're in limbo with these guys who could. I think he's another one of those guys that could go to the NFL, but is probably going to stay, but we kind of have to wait for official words. So you look for him and, and um, trying to think of who else might be in the interior. I think those are the the biggest names. Uh, Suave Apodi is a guy who started to come on a little bit towards the end of the year. And, and I think that he's uh, he's only continuing to grow. And um, you think with Jason Jones moving on to Auburn, this, this definitely helps fill that void a bit. Yeah. Jason Jones is one of their biggest bodies on that defensive line. So, you know, you can't always get guys that, are 320 and you know 330 in that range and have the ability to you know disrupt defensive lines because a lot of times you see guys who are in that weight range and they're kind of just big bodies that are hard to move but sometimes they have a, a hard time getting after the quarterback or stopping the run getting off of blocks getting separation um and i think tamani fills all of those boxes i think he does a really good job at a lot of things um, like you said, I think there's going to be some youth on that defensive line with Grayson Halton if he sticks around. I know he's not signed yet. Sir Mills is going to be in there as well. So there's going to be some youth. Um, I like Popo and Dorless coming back. I think that's going to be, you know, that's going to definitely shore up that defensive line. But having a guy like Tamani with that much experience in the Pac-12 specifically, that's that's huge. And, you know, working with a guy like Tony Tuioti, who's the defensive line coach, and with Dan Lanning, who obviously developed a guy like uh, Jordan Davis. That's, that's huge. And then uh, I'm looking at uh, Taimani's stats right now. Just to kind of give a little bit more uh, context into the kind of player that Oregon's getting. Um, so last year uh, he totaled uh, 43 tackles, 19 of which were solo, two tackles for loss, 
no sacks. Um, you, know, you want to see some sacks from your defensive lineman, but it's not the end-all, be-all stat. Uh, one fumble recovery, one QB hit, and two pass breakups. So uh, good to know that he can, you know, get his hands up at the line of scrimmage and bat down some passes. I think that's uh, that demonstrates some football IQ. You know, understanding when, uh, you know, you didn't necessarily win the rep getting by your guy, but you can still make it an impact on the play by getting those big hands up. So I think that's pretty good, and, and, and you want to, um, you know, like I said, not not the most impressive of stats, but I think that um, competing in the Pac-12 and and already being a veteran, more or less, and, and being a starting caliber guy, I think uh, should make it uh, pretty, I don't want to say easy, but it's, it's a clear path for him to uh, carve out a role here, especially when you consider how Jason Jones was, was really just starting to kind of find his footing in Eugene, which made the move for me really surprising because I thought he was going to be a dude next year. But his departure, kind of like I said, really opens the door for uh, Taimani to come in. Yeah, and I think with defensive tackles, specifically guys that play in the middle, you're not usually, especially at the college level, you're not really going to see them put up, you know, 15 sacks, 20 tackles for loss. Like, that's just not really, you know, you can't really ask that of them all the time. Um, You know, some guys are just different, right? But, um, you know, when it comes to a guy like that, I think 43 tackles is impressive. 19 solo is impressive. Um, but from what I was watching a lot of film, he was doubled quite a bit. I mean, they have a couple guys on that defensive line. One of them, I don't know how to pronounce his, his last name, is a very long last name. Um, but he's one of the more talented defensive linemen that UW had. He got doubled a lot. Tamani got uh, doubled a lot. ZTF got doubled. I mean, that defensive line was just stacked. And so there were a lot of times where he got doubled, especially against Oregon. They doubled him, especially when he was, you know, lining up in the middle with the, uh, um, what the right tackle and the right guard, which is kind of where he usually sets up camp. Um, he got doubled there a lot, but when he was one-on-one with the center, you saw him win a lot of those battles. So, um, you know, I'm not really, you can't really ask too much of a guy like him, like Jordan Scott, you know, he never racked up the sacks like that, but you know, you knew his impact, you knew what he could do. You knew his understanding of football and timing and, you know, winning every down and every pass rush. So, um, yeah, it's just a huge body that you just love to have up there with that experience. I was watching some of his highlights from uh, his high school days, which obviously isn't the same now going against totally different competition, but he played both sides of the ball as an offensive and defensive lineman, just a guy who who is super explosive and, and quick off the ball. So I think that those are, are really going to be, uh, you know, good skills and characteristics for him to have uh, as we, we see what Dan Lanning's defense looks like in year one. Um, any, any other, you know, final notes you kind of wanted to, to throw in here before we move on to our next topic, Dylan? I just think that it's great that there's been so many former Huskies, former Husky commits that have committed to Oregon, that have transferred to Oregon this offseason, um, you know, and and beating UW this season was definitely, you know, it's just a cherry on top. But I just think that this offseason, you know, Ducks fans have a lot to brag about over the Huskies. Yeah, the Duck fans and, and Washington fans like to go at it uh, on Twitter, no doubt. But let's get to our next topic. Um, you know, we already you know knew about uh, you know the reported hire of of Wilson Love from Ole Miss, but the Ducks made it official on Friday afternoon, announcing uh, Wilson Love as the new strength and conditioning coach, head strength and conditioning coach at that, I should say. Um, looking at a press release from Oregon right now, and have some uh, some quotations here that I think could could add more to to this story. Is from uh, Rob Mullins. Wilson has a strong commitment to supporting student athletes as well as a track record of helping them develop to their highest potential in all areas. 
We look forward to his considerable impact on our football student athletes and program and are excited to welcome him to the Oregon family. Here's some from Dan Landing on the on the hire. <clears throat> Excuse me. He said, a quality strength and conditioning program is the backbone of a college football team, and we are thrilled to have Wilson Love lead the way. His ability to connect with student athletes and get the most out of them, both physically and mentally, is very impressive. I am confident we will have the Ducks, he will have the Ducks, rather, ready to compete at a championship level on a daily basis. So uh, Wilson Love and Dan Lenning reuniting after their uh, time spent together in Tuscaloosa. And uh, I got to watch this really cool profile video that Ole Miss did on Wilson, and he was talking about how you, you can't fake the energy, you know. When, when you see these strength and conditioning coaches like Wilson Love, like Aaron Fell, that are going around screaming all the time, I mean, just think of how much effort it would take to fake that. Like, you really got to be about it. And all the players at Ole Miss, you know, really had a lot of good things to say about him. And, um, you know, he's a guy that that wants uh, to be guiding his workouts, you know, according to how these guys are going to be playing on the field. You know, those movements in the weight room should translate to the field. And and I just really like this hire for Oregon, um, you know, bringing the guy – uh, from the SEC and, and who's obviously achieved at a high level is, is going to be a bonus. Yeah, I think, you know, losing Aaron Feld is so um, it's tough because he was one of the most, if not the most recognizable, you know, strength and conditioning coach in college football. Um, and it's not just because of, you know, his muscles and the, and the mustache, like, you know, he is as quality of a coach and a strength and conditioning, you know, mind that you're going to find. Um, and Oregon, obviously, they, they go above and beyond when it comes to, um, you know, preparing their student athletes, taking care of their student athletes. And Aaron Feld was obviously the head of that on the football team. So um, and Dan Lanning understands what Wilson Love is about and in that category. And I think that's that's huge. The Dan Lanning is kind of going back to people that he knows that can, you know, uh, you know, lead in certain departments, because if you remember his introductory press conference, he was talking about he had a list of people on his coaching staff that. Um, you know, he would want to hire. And um, I, I feel like Wilson Love might have been one of those that he that he checked off off that list. Um, but having the SEC experience, which there's a ton of it on this coaching staff, um, that's huge. And, you know, Ole Miss is, is a really talented program, a lot of really good guys on that team, a lot of really good coaches. So, um, you know, probably probably one of the best guys out there that, you know, for this job. Lots of high profile hires for Dan Lanning. I think probably a lot that would surprise a lot of folks, given how young he is. I think that was a lot of the speculation that people had um, or criticism even, um, albeit uh, qualified or not, um, of Lanning because he was so young. Is, you know, What kind of coaching tree, how extensive is his coaching tree, and is he going to be able to get some of those big names? The fact that, he bring, that he's reportedly going to bring in Tosh Lapoy, I think a guy that has been linked to Oregon for so many years, I think that's huge and, and definitely one of the hires that I'm more fired up about. But uh, a final note on the strength and conditioning department, the Ducks announcing um, that Love's first strength and conditioning staff at Oregon will also include Shad Williams, who was on Aaron Feld's staff at Oregon for the past four seasons. And I think that that's really valuable because he's another one of those high energy guys and, and someone who's been here uh, at Oregon for, for the last four years, like we mentioned during the Cristobal era. So it's nice for the team to have some consistency there. Uh, and, and obviously he knows, you know, uh, how these guys work, right? I think just having the familiarity with the players, he'll be able to kind of help, you know, show love, you know, this is kind of what works really well, but um, just the collaboration that you're going to be able to have there, I think is going to be really fruitful for this team to, to combine uh, what Shad's been able to learn about Oregon and, and what worked previously when the Ducks were at some really, really, uh, you know, high levels of achievement. 
And then, um, you know, what Wilson Love wants to kind of tweak here as he uh, wants to leave his own mark on this team. Yeah, you know, obviously, I think that, um, you know, you can't really replace a head of a strength and conditioning coordinator right away. I mean, there's they kind of build a culture, not just of energy, but how they, you know, they treat their the student athletes and, um, you know, how they coordinate everything. And so, um, you know, from everything to, to meals and diets and, you know, all that kind of stuff, that's huge. So, um, you know, I think having that stability within that staff, so where that part's not all new. I think that's huge. And especially with so many people coming back um, on the roster, I think that's, you know, that's a plus because, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy to replace a guy like Aaron Feld, who, you know, runs out of the, out of the tunnel and is screaming, pounding his chest, um, you know, rain or shine 30 degrees or 90 degrees wearing the same super tight t-shirt. You know, you can never, you can't really replace a guy like that, but I think Wilson love is a guy that can bring that energy. And Sean Williams is a guy that can kind of lead him along and, you know, show them the ropes and teach them the culture and, you know, how they've been doing things. And I'm sure he's got some ideas on, you know, how to kind of maybe tweak some things because Oregon, it's not necessarily a fault of the strength and conditioning staff by any means, but they, they had a lot of injuries on this team. So um, you definitely think they're going to have that in the back of their minds going into this off season. All right, moving on now uh, in this episode of the Ducks Dish podcast to some recruiting updates. Um, we are uh, just about a month, I think a little bit less than a month, actually, away from the February signing period uh, for the class of 2022. And then the Ducks are also uh, hard at work in the 2023 class with the new staff hitting the ground running, um, getting in these guys' ears, these juniors, uh, trying to get them on campus once this dead period ends and uh, just about a week from now. Um, so we have some guys that we've gotten updates on recently over on Ducks Digest. Uh, you can read the full updates for all these guys we're going to talk about. Uh, over on the site. So uh, definitely go check those out. The first one we want to start with is 2022 athlete Arliss Bordingham uh, from Van Nuys, California, um, out in Southern California, Birmingham High School. Uh, big news for him. He got offered and by the Ducks, that is, and he's going to be visiting the weekend of January 22nd for an official visit. Um, and then he's also going to be visiting Florida. Those are two of the new schools that have kind of jumped into the picture for him obviously really important for the Ducks to, to get some more offensive playmakers and that they've now lost all their commitments at wide receiver as well as tight end with Andre Dollar flipping to Washington State. And uh, Bordingham can really do it all. He's a, he's a versatile dude, uh, kind of gets moved around his offense a whole lot at the high school level. And um, he's, he's a guy that, uh, you know, is, is certainly considering Oregon and, and has them in high regard. Uh, heading into this visit. And Dylan, the thing that really shocked me, not shocked me, but some cool perspective, I was asking him about the coaching carousel. Um, and he was saying like, I, I really, it's been good for me. Cause I think that some of these offers that I've gotten like Oregon and Florida mainly, he thinks that he kind of grouped those when I was talking to him into those schools that I always knew I could play at, but I didn't know if the opportunity was going to come. So he viewed the coaching carousel. I talked about it in the story as kind of a uh, you know, an opportunity for these coaching staffs to get a fresh look and, and maybe circle back on some guys that he's missed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and I think his size is is you know something that is going to be missed going into next year for Oregon currently on the roster because they had a lot of really big receivers like you know McMillan to Tyrone McMillan that you know a lot of people were looking forward to catching passes. Devin Williams is leaving that, that huge body, boarding him six four two twenty. I mean that's that's a huge target right there for whoever might be throwing him the ball um, in the in the spring and in the summer. So um, yeah, that's a huge huge body, and you like that versatility, right? He plays is he a defensive lineman? So yeah, I'm trying to look right now on the the story that I wrote with him because he he said he really kind of played a little bit all over the place. I think he said, um, oh, shoot, let me let me see if I can find it. Um, I think he might have said he plays wide receiver and linebacker, which is kind of just a little bit of everything. But it would make sense that he would probably be on the defensive line. But just having a guy that that you can move around like that is is going to be super super valuable. You know, to your point about the versatility. Yeah, six four linebacker. That's terrifying, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's huge. Um, you know, I've I've always felt like guys who are those two way athletes always are kind of a step ahead. Not just because you can put them at multiple different spots, but I feel like that cross training, those different techniques, the footwork, the hands. Like I feel like that training kind of goes both ways. Um, and that's that's huge. But obviously, I feel like at his size and where Oregon's depth is at, if you can bring him in at wide receiver, that would probably be the biggest help. All right, double checked on that wide receiver and uh, middle linebacker primary positions uh, as a prep in high school. Moving right along here, we want to talk about another guy, 2022 class as well. Uh, we are looking at Oxford, Alabama safety Miguel Mitchell. Um, this was a member exclusive story uh, when it first came out. Um, so definitely go, you know, stay tuned to Ducks Digest for for some of those those big updates. Um, this one's big because Florida is also in the picture uh, for Mitchell. The, the, the Ducks need a safety after uh, Landon Holby flipped to Texas Tech. And um, to circle back to what I was saying about Florida, he's going to be visiting Florida uh, on January 14th. And then it looks like it's going to be a battle with, between Oregon and USC uh, for that final official visit on January 21st, seeing that he's already taken some official visits, three of his visits to be exact. Those trips coming to go into Memphis, Vanderbilt, where he was actually committed at one point, as well as Northwestern right before the early signing day. Um, that led a lot of people to believe that that's where he was ultimately going to sign. But um, I think this is big for Oregon because he's, uh, you know, got experience playing against high level competition. The Ducks have some experience getting guys from Alabama. Uh, Mitchell was named the Alabama MVP of the Alabama Mississippi All Star game. So, certainly a guy who maybe isn't the most highly rated, but the body of work speaks for itself and in other schools like Florida are, are starting to uh, pay more attention. Well, I think that the fact that they had TJ Dudley and Tanner Bailey at one point, both from Alabama, um, that's definitely um, 
you know, it's nice to try to bring guys back from that region and Dan Lanning and that coaching staff. There's a lot of SEC um, recruiting expertise there. Um, but the one thing that I've noticed a lot with some of these recruits is, you know, among their top schools is there's a lot of teams, a lot of programs with brand new head coaches, new coaching staffs, because um, I've noticed Florida, USC, Oregon, um, Miami, Oklahoma, like those have been everywhere with with offers. And so, you know, the fact that the first two guys you've mentioned are both involved with Oregon and Florida um, is not really surprising just because it seems like those head coaches and the coaching staffs are just getting on the ground and just getting rolling with recruiting and on with Dan Lanning's case as much as he can, because he's still, you know, a couple of days away from playing in a national championship. So, um, you know, that coaching staff is doing a great job of, of trying to get out there and trying to, you know, not just establish the Pacific Northwest, like we were talking about. And I know Lanning's talked about, but, you know, sticking to the SEC where a lot of that coaching staff knows, you know, the area very well, they know the schools very well. And I'm sure, Mitchell is a guy that Lanning's looked at for Georgia. I believe I saw an offer from Georgia on there. I am mistaken. Um, but I, I, you said he was a, a former Vanderbilt commit. Is that right, Miguel? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, he was. So, you know, you see some schools in the, in the local area getting involved as well and, and obviously seeing a lot of uh, his talents. Um, last note that I want to add on him is the versatility. I think that's a, a big thing that we're seeing um, you know, and a lot of the best recruits is, is that they can do a little bit of everything. Um, you know, when I was talking to Mitchell, he was telling me about how um, Polidge was talking to him. He's the one who extended the offer and they were on the phone for a long time. But he'll be playing safety if he comes to Oregon. That's kind of where they see him fitting in in Eugene. But he plays all of the positions kind of throughout the defensive backfield um, with, with Polidge saying that he could play nickel, safety, corner. But uh, I could see a little bit more of the need at safety. But at the same time, you know, with Verone leaving and uh, Mikel Wright leaving, DJ James entering the portal. So still some some uh, opportunity for him to come back to Oregon. The, the Ducks are really thin at corner, um, but I think they're in a great spot with uh, with Mitchell as he to maybe get that official visit, um, you know, before he makes his final decision in February. Yeah, I think the safety spot seems to be a little bit more shored up, um, you know, because I know Trajan Williams is still kind of floating around. He's, he hasn't signed yet, but he's still um, verbally committed. And then you talked about Bennett Williams, Jamal Hill is still there. Um, I think they've got a bit more veteran leadership. Brian Addison's probably going to come back as a safety. We'll see about Jeffrey Bossa if they maybe switch him back to safety. I believe that's what they're going to do. Um, even though, I mean, if you keep him at linebacker, I, I feel like he'd do a fine job. Um, but yeah, corner, I, I think that that should be probably the priority of not just the secondary, but on the defense because of how young some of those guys are, but maybe that's more of a transfer portal thing uh, just because there's so much youth that I'm sure they want to develop, but at the same time, bring in some guys who have some expertise, but yeah, it's definitely nice to have some options with where to put a guy that knows a lot of different spots in the, in the secondary. You talk about corner Dylan and um, just a quick note there uh, ducks look like they're still in the running for Jaleel Florence and only cornerback out of uh, Southern California who was formerly committed to the ducks. Uh, he announced that he has a new top five that includes uh, Miami, Oklahoma, USC, Oregon, and Florida. I've seen some reports that he's going to be visiting Miami and Oregon before making his uh, final decision, but he's one of those guys that I want to get on the phone to see if I can maybe get an update and, and kind of see where his head's at um, as he, you know, eyes uh, making his decision. Uh, I think it's definitely a benefit that Joel Tucker signed, but 
just wanted to throw that out there to, to make sure people were updated on kind of some other little tidbits in the, the 2022 class. We got a couple more guys we want to hit on. Uh, got about five more minutes left here on this episode of the pod. And uh, this guy I'm really excited about, Johnny Thompson, 2023 running back out of Oaks Christian uh, Calif- uh, in California. That's another Southern California uh, powerhouse. That's where the Ducks found Kayvon Thibodeau back in 2019. Um, with with Thompson, a lot of schools really ha- – I think he's kind of an undiscovered gem, right? You know, obviously USC didn't waste any time getting to know him and, and showing that interest in him. So he's committed there, but um, the, the Ducks certainly have an opportunity here. And when I was talking to him uh, after he c- confirmed that he was going to be visiting Oregon um, next weekend, um, I think on the, on the 15th, I believe, just you know, right after the dead period ends, uh, he just start, started talking a lot about Coach Lachlan, the, the new running back coach in Eugene, uh, just really gushing about him and, and just talking about how they have a great relationship. He's hearing from him every day. And uh, super important for the Ducks to uh, get a running back in um, 23 because they're not going to – it looks like they're not going to end up having one in 2022. Not that that's a need right now on the roster, but certainly looking ahead, you kind of want to prioritize that position, I think, if you're Oregon, um, especially because they only have one commit in the 23 class and it's a defensive guy. So, God, I think that the Ducks are in in a great position here to to leave an impression on him and and just show him what they they have going on in Eugene and and honestly display their – their uh you know tradition of excellent running backs well i think the 2023 recruiting class for running backs um that group is nasty there's so much talent at the running back position um and a lot of them are already committed like thompson but from what i was reading from that article which if you haven't already go check that out um he doesn't really sound like he's fully you know all in he's not this 110 percent guy um he's not you know my recruitment's 100 percent closed like he's he's still kind of weighing his options even though he's verbally committed because you were talking about um you know Oregon's interest Cal Nebraska I think he said he was going to go to Nebraska's junior day as long as as well as Oregon's um so yeah he's definitely just trying to figure out what the best fit for him is doesn't seem like he's 100% sure on USC but that's kind of the benefit of being a 2023 guys you have so much time you know you can kind of have that commitment but it's not set in stone necessarily you don't have a signing day you know a couple months from now um, but Oregon, I think 2023 is going to be, um, you know, I think they're going to probably grab one or two running backs because there's so many and they've been involved with a couple of them, like Cedric Urban Jr. Um, and Jaden Lemar for quite a while. So I think that's going to be kind of a, a pot of gold for them. And, you know, Die and Verdell will be gone at that point. Byron Cardwell should still be around. Sean Dollars, I believe, will still be around um, and Benson as well. Yeah, dropping some some more tidbits there on, on other names to keep an eye on. Uh, I think Lemar uh, tweeted out that he got reoffered by the new staff at Oregon. So he's a guy who, a Pacific Northwest guy, like you were talking about earlier, Dylan, how important that has been for landing uh, early on in his uh, tenure at Oregon. So that's another guy to watch. Um, someone else who got reoffered was uh, Trayon Webb. If you guys know him, he's uh, out of the Florida area, former Oklahoma Sooners commit. So Ducks, you know, you got to swing for the fences, especially like you said, in 23, where it's still early. I feel like everyone's kind of still within your reach, even though the Ducks haven't had success uh so much in the florida area recently i think that's a state that they should definitely prioritize um but yeah thompson's thompson's a good one for sure i i was talking to him he was saying that his coach compared him his style to work done a record-setting running back out of florida state um watched some of his film and it was really fun to watch and and thompson's got the home run speed he can block his butt off which is you know something you definitely want to have in your running back to keep your quarterback from taking any unnecessary hits 
And then, um, you know, he can hurdle guys a lot. And that was the the cover photo that I used for that when the, the dude gets up, um, kind of reminds me of Zeke Elliott in that regard, just with all the, all the hurdles that you see on his highlight tapes. But um, he, he's an energetic and fun guy to watch on the field without a doubt. So Ducks, uh, Ducks pushing in there. The last guy that we want to talk about, Dylan, uh, is Jaden Greathouse. He's a wide receiver out of Westlake High School in Austin, Texas. The, the Chaparrales went 16-0 and um, to finish with a perfect record in 2021 and uh, the top team in Texas. Um, you know, if you guys aren't familiar with Westlake, that's where Kate Klubnick also went, 2022 Clemson quarterback signee. And Great House is a special guy, you know, 1,200, 1,274 receiving yards. That's almost uh, 19 yards a pop, 66 catches for 20 touchdowns. And you got to keep in mind, this is going against the top competition in, in Texas, uh, which is one of the most talent-rich states. This is a recent offer for the Ducks uh, that they uh, are trying to, you know, get, get in early on. And um, the only visit he has uh, right now that is uh, confirmed when I was talking to him uh, was the TCU, but uh, he said he wants to get out to Oregon, and he's already started developing relationships with Junior Adams and, and Matt Polidge, who we've talked a lot about on this episode. Yeah, and I know he was very interested in Notre Dame and USC as well, um, but I, I thought that was interesting how I read he's a wide receiver, but he was talking with, with Polidge as well. Um, and I feel like that wide receiver safety thing isn't super unheard of because, I mean, look at Brian Addison. He went from wide receiver to safety, and um, you know, Great House has definitely, I think, got that talent and got that those hands, especially. I mean, you talk about twenty touchdowns; that's that's really impressive. But I think it's really cool that that Junior Adams is one of their their freshest hires, and he's already getting on the ground and you know building that relationship. And those guys are already talking so highly as if they've been you know recruiting him for a while. I mean, it's they have a lot of ground to pick up in twenty twenty three uh, with only that one commit, but. The, the fact that they're talking so highly of these new guys on the staff already is, is giving me a lot of hope. USC will no doubt be a name to watch here as well, Dylan, uh, seeing that uh, some of the recent visits, maybe not so recent, but the visits he's been able to take uh, Alabama, Texas, and Oklahoma. He had a picture of his visit uh, with Lincoln Riley. So, you know, Lincoln Riley can, can get just about anybody, uh, you know, at the skill position, long history of good receivers at Oklahoma. Um, but it's also important. This offer really stands out to me because the Ducks got to get back in Texas. At one point, mm-hmm. they had five commits in this 2022 class, all from the Lone Star State, and all of them are gone now, uh, either decommitted or signed to a new program. So super important for the Ducks to get back into the Lone Star State, um, given how, how much talent is out there. And um, I think with, with Great House, you have a, a good opportunity to, to really, uh, you know, get get off on the right foot if they can get him on campus he was talking about maybe getting out there uh, in january before he wants to get out before the dead period in february it's kind of weird just tracking this recruiting calendar another dead period begins in february but he said if not then then maybe march or april so it uh, sounds like it's a priority for him to, to hopefully get out to oregon and i think that he'd definitely be a big name that the ducks would love to host to start off this new year yeah outside of the pacific northwest i think texas and florida are kind of the big two states to to definitely key in on in Texas. I think four out of those five guys that decommitted all signed with schools in Texas. Cause I think two of them went to Texas and then one or two went to Texas tech, I believe. Um, and I'm blanking on, on one of the last ones. Um, but I think it's, you know, Texas A&M is, is going crazy in 2022. Absolutely. Berserk. Um, Steve Sarkeesian and his staff still seem to be doing 
pretty well on the recruiting trail. SMU is still kind of in there. Texas Tech is doing their thing. They have a really good staff. Um, so <clears throat> there's so many programs in that area too, Oklahoma, um, LSU, that is, it's definitely going to be tough to recruit against. But, you know, this coaching staff has just so much recruiting prowess that I feel like they can get anybody at this point. Yeah, and then Lanny has said as much. He says, you know, we should be able to go get anybody in the country, anybody anywhere in the country, rather. Uh, you know, he's really leaned into that national brand, which is what, in large part, I think really made uh, Mario Cristobal so successful. Or, you know, you go, I think he was saying something along the lines of Cristobal was when he was here. You go into that, oh, anywhere, any home in the country, and they know, you know, what what it represents and, and you know, the, the history that comes with it and just, you know, the high-level athletics that, that they – you know, put out and produce in, in Eugene. So I think that's been super valuable. And, and Lanning's talking about how recruiting really comes down to work. So I think a lot of Oregon fans are, are uh, ready to tune into that national championship between Alabama and Georgia on Monday. And then, uh, you know, we're certainly ready for Lanning to, to get to Eugene um, and then, you know, hit the ground running even more so on the recruiting trail. Yep. And I think Florida, one of the other reasons why I think, you know, recruiting in Florida is so huge is, you know, that's where Mario Cristobal is at now with Miami. So, and you already see what he's doing on the recruiting trail. He's posting pictures and um, taking visits and all that stuff, offering everybody. So, you know, wouldn't it just be nice for this new Oregon coaching staff to, to get some guys from that state right out of Mario Cristobal's backyard now? Some big competition for for Oregon and, and everybody else in the SEC or across the country in Florida uh, with Mario Cristobal returning home to Miami, no doubt. Um, well, we didn't get to say everything about the updates uh, on this episode of the podcast, you guys. But like we said, uh, you can find those full updates over on DucksDigest.com as, as well as a bunch of awesome other Oregon content uh, really starting to ramp up recruiting. Dylan, before we hop out of here, where can people find more of you? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at DRK Sports News, um, doing stuff on Ducks Digest all the time. Make sure to follow everybody on Ducks Digest, not just me and Max. Uh, we're pumping out stuff from from everybody all the time. So anybody that's got Ducks Digest in their bio, make sure to follow them over there. Absolutely. Dylan's also got uh, some special work, like kind of like a little surprise. We'll just tease it here on the podcast uh, coming out that I think people are really going to enjoy. So um, definitely make sure to stay tuned in over there. If you guys want to find more of me, you can follow me on Twitter at mtorissports, that name right there on your screen. Also go on over to YouTube where you can find this episode. It will be uploaded at some point. It takes forever to upload. I'm working on that. But go over to my YouTube channel, at Oregon Football Max Taurus, and uh, please subscribe to the channel. It only takes a second out of your day, and it's free, and it's tremendous help to us. So uh, with all that being said, that'll do it for me, Max Taurus, and Dylan Rubin King, uh, the Ducks Dish Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we will see you in the next episode. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.